everybody, and welcome to episode 81 of Our Baseball Weekly, the weekly podcast from the baseball subreddit. Uh, I'm Nime. Today, we're going to talk about uh, some of the Hall of Fame inductions that happened this week. Uh, but first, uh, Phil uh, joins me to talk about the news of the week. Phil, how's it going? Listen, Nime, T-Mobile Park is sold out this weekend. They're playing the Astros. This stadium, that staff, they're not used to a full house. They can't kick us all out. All I'm saying is make the Astros miserable, be ruthless, push the limit. No one's going to stop you. Let them know. How'd that work out, Mariners fans? How'd that work out? <laughs> Doing great, mind. How are you? <laughs> I I didn't realize that was going to be at the top. I saw uh, Phil put that quote into the um into the rundown. I didn't realize it was going to start the show with it. I was hoping you would read it. That would have been even funny. Look, um, I'm not. Forgive me. I'm not going to read what you put in front of me. Uh, Naim and I have been having a conversation. You know, obviously, before we record this, we go through the outline. We try to find the newsworthy events for the week so we can kind of break them down and give our thoughts and opinions on them and uh i as i commented to him i said i don't know what it is but i am just extra salty this week i and i i don't know why i had to thank thanks thanks to random twitter guy for providing a love all sorts of fuel for that this week and i quite enjoyed it <laughs> um yeah, uh, uh, I, I I didn't realize how heated Mariners Astros was until this week. Uh, like you know, I, I, in division rivals, and obviously a lot of people don't like the Astros because because of, of things that happened in the past, et cetera, et cetera. We sure, all know that. Sure, very, but and, and, uh, you know, is is very a very reasonable outlook. I I completely yeah, yeah we've talked about it many times on the podcast. Yeah, we don't need to rehash it all. Right. But uh, but uh, I I didn't realize how heated specifically Mariners Astros was. Uh, but uh, I've learned I've learned a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, well, because we, we did the trade deadline game this week as well, um, and and I have run that for the past seven years. Uh, and in fact, uh, you know, I might as well throw in here too. This is I, I this was my last year of running it. I, I announced that on Friday on the stream and and to the to the GMs at the end of the week that uh, that you know I'll still maybe stick around, but I'm not going to be running it anymore. Um, and uh, and like there was a big deal because. Um, First of all, uh, one of the co-commissions, uh, uh, RLM Jack S, got traded from the Mariners. Or actually, he got traded from the Braves because he signed up with the Braves. He is from Atlanta, but he is a, he is an, uh, uh, a Mariners fan. So he got traded to the Astros at one point and like, wasn't super happy about it. Um, and then he got traded to Philly for... Uh, Psionics Adam, who is, uh, you know, who plays the game every year. He's a Rocket League dev. Like, he, you know, he's Adam from Psionics. Um, right. Good guy. Uh, was quite unhappy <laughs> that he ended up on the Astros. And in fact, because he and I are, are Twitter mutuals, and I asked him, like, hey, like, last minute, I was like, do you want to pop in on the stream? He's like, sorry, I'm busy. You know, I got my in-laws in town. But he goes, we'll watch the VOD tonight. Pass on my thanks to everyone else, except for the Phillies GM, who traded him to the Astros. <laughs> <laughs> like, truly, uh, the other quote, that he, the other thing that he said was, um, uh, thanks for doing all this. You guys always kill it. I don't feel great about ending up on the Astros, though. <laughs> Well, well, Adam, if you happen to listen to this podcast, it's okay. I still like Rocket League, regardless. <laughs> it's a great game. It's a great uh, game. And, and uh, Naim, th you know, thanks, thanks again for for you know quarterbacking this league for so long. Uh, this is my third time participating in it. I got traded to the Orioles. Uh, I was very, very happy about about being an Orioles fan. Uh, still am. Uh, I plan on sticking around the sub for a while. Uh, met a lot of great people. Had a lot of really great conversation uh, about the Orioles, and and you know they had lots of questions about the Astros, but seemed very welcoming. Um, and uh, I, I'm trying to propagate the Flying Rutschman nickname. <laughs> yeah, that's that's perfect. You can you can get Flying Rutschman going in <laughs> our slash. You're, you're, you're like you're you're like a, a a secret agent inside the organization. Your entire purpose is to get is <laughs> to is, is to make Flying Rutschman a thing. Make Flying uh, Rutschman a thing. I will say a uh, big shout out to the Astros GM. Uh, I think we won the entire trade by getting uh, a Reddit user Scrax. Who has been an absolute yep. joy, friend of the podcast. Yep. Yes. Yes. Scrax is. And you, you, 
you can go back listen to this cracks episode i'm sure it'll be if in the reddit thread it'll definitely be linked because lewis loves to link that episode and, and a bunch of other episodes you can go back to so you can go back and listen to the cracks episode but yeah scracks is uh, scracks is a great user to have one thing i did learn is uh scracks is a fellow detroit lion fan uh so that was that was that was pretty awesome we can commiserate about that uh, Thomas underscore Oaks, I believe, was the um, Astros GM for the game, uh, yeah, and, and he actually was on one of the one of the streams as well. So if you go onto the Deadline Commission YouTube channel, you can go and catch some of the old vods, or just Deadline Commission on Reddit. Uh, and if you just go to one of the one of the threads, it'll be posted there. But uh, I want, yeah, I want to thank everybody for making it such a great game. You guys make it a great game every year. You know, uh, obviously we on the back end put in work, but like the GMs and the users, like it doesn't happen without everybody. And uh, and you know. Phil, like that's the entire point of the game, and and you know you're you're a person who who gets it, right. The entire point of the game is to go to a place, you know, join the fandom, hang out for a while, and potentially hang out for years to come. But even just like even briefly hang out, and and from the perspective of a a you know winning team going to a losing team, although you know the 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 Orioles are not quite as much of a losing team as they have been in the past. Oh, um, but uh, but like you know the the the. The Astros are almost certainly going to be going to the playoffs and the Orioles have a have a, you know, way outside shot of it. Um, but the Orioles fans who went the other direction to the Astros, the idea is that hopefully they'll stick around in R slash Astros, at least through the postseason and have somebody to root for where they normally would be like, I guess I'll pick a random team. And now they have the Astros because they hung out for a week or two. You know, technically, we only ask people to hang out for a week, but you can hang out as long as you want to, as short as you want to. The suggestion I, is a week. I think that's what makes the game so great is the is the, the opportunity to see how the other half lives um yeah and I, I know it was especially interesting for me because you know i i guess it's well known obviously because i mention it every chance i get that i am an astros fan and uh we for a very long time were not a very good baseball team and then obviously right. 2015 on uh the, the orioles are kind of going through the same thing so i have uh i have a lot of empathy for orioles fans and I can I can see the bright future and uh, all the users talking excitedly about all the you know the young guys they've got between Adley Rutschman and uh, Ryan Mountcastle and I love Cedric Mullins and uh, you know that's that's a really exciting part about being a baseball fan is when your team has been in the dregs for so long and they start to really turn the corner and and it and, and it's exciting and it's worth watching and you know you get kind of hype like be, being able to kind of watch that as an outsider is it's really cool so that, yeah. that's that's one of that's that's a reason i love the trade deadline game so much i also want to mention we, we i think i've mentioned it before on the show but i'm a huge fan of anthony santander i love yeah. that dude He's my um, uh, fantasy outfielder, and he just mashes baseballs, and I really yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's great. Like he's he just seems like a really, really f- like fascinating dude to go back and if you have an athletic subscription, go back and read the article. Like he, they did like an in depth piece about Anthony Santander. Like he learned English playing for the Orioles. Like he always has a book in his back pocket when he's not playing. Like because he's always trying to learn. Like what a cool dude. I love him. Uh, so yeah, so well, once again, thanks to everybody for making it so great. I really appreciate the support. I will still be hanging around the game. I just won't be running it anymore. Um, uh, but uh, but I you know I I really appreciate the people who are going to be passing taking the baton from me. Uh, I figured after after seven years of running the game, it was it was time to to step away. And who knows, maybe I'll come back in the future. But at least for now, uh, this was my last year as commissioner. So. Um, Cool. Uh, I know a lot of people don't care about the trade deadline game. I'll, I'll, I'll I will timestamp when we start and stop talking about the trade deadline game for people, so that you can skip right past it if you want to. Can, uh, but let's talk about talk the news. About real baseball. Let's talk about real baseball. Um, the first thing I want to talk about, and again, if you're if you're a Red Sox fan or if you are a friend of the show, Dr. Tyler Birch, um, I'm very sorry, but we have to talk about the Boston Red Sox and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. Um, which I'm surprised I got out that quickly and, and, you know, understandable. It was, it was, that, was, that was really good. Didn't stumble once. I know. Right. Oh. Um, I just want to pat myself on the back for that. Uh, yeah. So the, the Red Sox lost, I, I actually didn't even pull up the score of the game um, uh, because I've just been calling it a 28 to three game um, all week. <laughs> How appropriate. <laughs> it's close enough, right? <laughs> it's <laughs> oh, yeah. It was 28 to five. So basically the same thing. <laughs> basically 28 to three. Basically twenty eight to three. Uh, yeah. Oh my, my, my lord! Uh, what a just a bad, bad, bad game for the Red Sox. Uh, you know, like it's one of those things where 
I would almost rather get blown out than lose a close game. But then when you get past the the 20 run mark, then it starts to be like, can we please just end this now? So um, what I'm really curious is, did the did the Red Sox organist like have the Benny Hill theme playing throughout the entire game? Do you you think the Red Sox organist just walked out in like the sixth inning? Just like, you know what? I'm not paid enough for this. Like, what do you? I have an iPod shuffle here. Just go to town. Yeah, right. Do the Red Sox even still have an? I know a lot of teams don't like. I would think the Red Sox would still have an organist. Well, I mean, they're um, one of those classic old-timey kind of baseball teams. So I would they do, that. and in fact, the organist for the Red Sox is all, also plays keyboards for Jim's Big Ego, which is a uh, an indie band that I know because they have a song called "The Ballad of Barry Allen" about Barry Allen, uh, and also the singer Guy of the band. Jim- yeah, um, for the Flash, um, and also the uh, the singer of the band Jim Infantino is the nephew of Carmine Infantino, who co-created the Flash and did the album art for that album. Anyway, that's all. That's I know Jim's big ego from that, but uh, but yeah, the Red Sox do have an organist. Uh, uh, yes, so that was uh, uh, man, what a rough. Uh, the, the The big thing is the the inside the park grand slam hit by Rymel Tapia. Um, you know, definitely don't want to uh, avoid talking about that. Uh, you please, if you have not seen this clip, go back and watch this clip. Um, it is truly like. It is the most heads down baseball I have maybe ever seen. One of the worst reads by an outfielder I've seen. And that includes, I watched live, not in person, but while it was on TV, um, Marcelo Zuna climbing a wall to get a ball that dropped short of the, the, and then, um, and then turned uh, around short of the warning track. The wall. And shut around, jump off the wall, fall, and just like lay there for a bit because he was so embarrassed. Like the Cardinals broadcasters thought it was he was he might be injured. It was like no, he's just his pride is injured. Uh, so, <laughs> so it's like th- this Jaron Duran heads down baseball is so much worse because he's like he thinks it's gonna land in the grass. So he turns around to catch the ball, loses the ball in the lights or whatever, and then it bounces on the warning track off the wall and then back down but like doesn't it doesn't go over the wall but very clearly duran thinks it went over the wall and that it it was either an automatic double or a home run and so he just looks at the ball and doesn't go for it and then at some point the left fielder and i don't remember who the left fielder was but the left fielder like is sliding in and trying to get the ball and meanwhile a ref snyder yeah yeah ref snyder yankees legend um and meanwhile um uh, Rymel Tapia did not run very quick out of the like he's a quick runner but like he was not running hard out of the box because he thought he popped out into center field so he's just like he's kind of jogging to first base and then once he realizes that Duran does not have the ball he picks it up and books it but I think if Duran gets that ball like if he like is he you know whatever ball drops fine bad play but if he gets to that ball and throws it in he might even hold like he might even get Tapia out at third base or at worst he gets a triple and I get you know, a triple and a home run is not that big of a difference in the grand scheme of things at that point in the game. But like, it's such heads down baseball. He had an inside the park grand slam. How, there's been what less than five of those in baseball history. I, and then, and the other four would have to be in like 1903, you know, like, you know, by, you know, old tungsten and like shy park. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite park to play on the show. It's 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 one of those it's one of those names where like you know you can say other park names, but Shy Park sounds like it's something from 1904. There have been 224 inside the park Grand Slam home runs dating back to 1881. That seems like too many. Two hundred? Well, but two hundred? Two hundred and twenty-four Grand Slams, not just home runs. Inside the park grand slams, uh, a little more than one and a half per season. Well, and and the the last one was in 2017. Um, the the uh, Phillies Nationals, uh, a badly let's see, badly misplayed a hit. So Michael A. Taylor of the Washington Nationals scampered around the plate to home. Yeah, so not t- 2017 was the last time one hit was hit. So it's. 
it's not as rare as you I mean, think. I mean, again, even at 224, I would guess most of them got hit in like in a dead ball era where like, you know, any like. If you get if you hit it deep enough into one of those like old parks like in in you know in Brooklyn or or in New like York or grounds that has those that has like, the really weird dimensions. Yeah, exactly. Then like then like like all home runs were inside the park at some point in time. Like it wasn't until right. you know like Babe Ruth that that people were like, oh, we can hit the ball out of the park. Like that's a that's you know changed the game. Like, I think it was just it was before Babe Ruth, but it was like right around that time. So interesting. Interestingly enough, there's only been one walk-off inside the park grand slam and that was hit in 1966 by roberto clemente hmm. um so rymel tapia is in is in good company See, that is that is some excellent company <laughs> it wasn't a walk-off but it wasn't inside the park grand slam um it was it was, it was, it was something all right truly truly like uh, yeah just like uh, i don't know I, I i don't know what else can be said about you know, a 28 to five game. Like, yeah, at some point you just got to like put your head down and play the next game. Uh, um, Jaron Duran got booed the next day, starting in center field again. I am pretty surprised he started in center field. Like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little surprised they didn't send him down to triple a, but you know, I get it, whatever, at least bench him, but no, started him in the next day. And, I kind of understand, like, you kind of have to let a guy go out there, but it's such, it's such heads down baseball. You know, yeah, it, I don't know. It, it brings up an interesting Sorry, point. By the way, it, was, it wasn't Ref Snyder, it was Verdugo. Verdugo was, was the left fielder. Verdugo, who, you know, who Ref got Snyder had been pulled at that point. Uh, I did, I did yeah, yeah. love uh, Ref Snyder's direction of the movie Drive, by the way. You know, if you haven't seen that, <laughs> Nic- Nicholas Walder Ref Snyder, whatever. <laughs> yeah, Nicholas Walder Ref Snyder. Uh, um, yeah, this is this is what happens when you listen to Nyman Phil on the Our Baseball <laughs> podcast. Uh, all sorts of obscure pop trivia references. Do you think that a game that the this series against the against the Blue Jays and how poorly the Red Sox, uh, well, that compounded on how poorly the Red Sox season started. Aside from you know, their kind of uh, surge prior to the All Star break, is Alex Cora in the hot seat now? Well, I mean, like I, you know, especially losing to a the uh, a Blue Jays team that already just fired their manager, which we talked about like a week or two ago, and it was like even that. I think it was two weeks ago, and it was like that was very confusing because like they had kind of a weak stretch, but they were still doing well, and they, I mean, they've been doing better since firing. Uh, Montoyo, but like they were, it was like they were a bad team. They just had like a rough week and a half. <laughs> like it was, that was a very weird firing. Cora's would make a little more sense to me. The team is now forty eight and forty eight, um, and and they have had a bit of a of a rough go of it. Um, I don't know what Cora's contract looks like. I mean, look, he won them a World Series. You know, oh, like no, I mean, and we're, we're also four years removed from that. No, we are, yeah, but like, but you know, I I think the fact that he got suspended from Major League Baseball for a year, and the next year they were like, no, we were just keeping the seat warm for you. Like, I wonder what Alex Cora has to do to get fired, right? That's, like, that's pretty. That's pretty fair. Um, I just just like that. I mean, that's 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 that is my thought. Is that like the fact that they were like. Yeah, we're gonna like no other team called their guy back that got suspended for the year, right? It was it was the Astros, the um, Red Sox, and the, the Mets, Mets. Yeah. and you know Hinch is with the Tigers now, right? Ba- banished to the shadow realm. Banished to the shadow realm of the Tigers, um, and uh, uh, you know uh, Carlos Beltran is currently not with a team, no, and uh, Cora he's a, took a, he's a broadcaster with the Yankees now, I believe. Hey, you know, I like I like Carlos Beltran, but like you know, you would think potentially somebody would give him a shot. He he, I mean, he does seem like us. a solid manager. I don't, <laughs> um, but but you know, Cora, they they it was suspended for a year, and the next year they're like, cool, we're gonna go ahead and rehire you. It is a two year contract with a club option for the next two years, so that you know, you can, you that's one of those things where you can't entirely blame the Red Sox woes on Alex Cora either. Uh, I mean, Chris Sale has been you know. Obviously, he's dealing with elbow injury. Uh, Nathan Eovaldi has been bad. Um, By the way, the, the Red Sox did ex- already exercise the option in last November. So so he is signed through 2024 as the manager. So he's, so um, he's, so he's not going anywhere. 
Maybe. I, I don't think he's going anywhere. Like, I mean, he could be, right? Uh, the teams are much more likely to cut a manager partway into their contract than, than uh, you know, anything else. But, like... Buster the White Sox. I... Yeah. Um, but I just... I just... I think Cora's their guy. I think they're happy with him. You know, like... They've just been having a bit of a rough season. But, like, it's not the worst season. They still could make the playoffs. I don't know. I don't... I just... I. I don't know. They're, they're in a, they are in a far better position than you know some of the some of the purported big contenders, especially uh, some of those coming out of the West, where they're at least at a five hundred record. They have they've got stars locked up for a, for a bit of time. Uh, they've got salary cap space, so they can go add. I don't think they need to sell at the deadline. Um, they might just you know chalk this season. I, I mean, still we're, we're well. Like some of we're, some of my friends were asking today, right? like. Like, like what, what do the Red Sox have to do? You know, how poorly do they, have to, do they have to play in the next 10 or so days to become sellers at the deadline? And it's like, if they go, you know, two for nine or two, two and nine in the next, you know, nine in the next 11 games, which is not out of the question. Does that, do they suddenly become sellers at the deadline? I, I don't think so. Oh, I, I don't think, think so either. I think they're, they're tight enough in that competition that they, that they might, try to shore up a little bit but i mean two and nine puts them you know seven games below because they're at 500 right now so that puts them seven games below 500 which is not a place you want to be oh especially not in the not especially in the uh super competitive al east yeah the very difficult al east yeah um you know and then they had a really rough start to the season too where like you know like it I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. I think I think it's possible. I think if they miss the playoffs this year, then maybe Cora's out. But I think I think they're probably not going to fire him midseason. No, I, I think I, players I like him. It, it, it seems like players like him. So, um, cool. Let's uh, let's move on uh, to talk about another uh, very weird situation, I guess. Uh, which is Juan Soto. We talked a little bit the last couple weeks about Juan Soto rejecting a massive $440 million 15-year um, uh, extension from the Nationals. It seems, you know, the the, the wind around baseball, uh, the word seems that, that he is going to be moved at the deadline, which is, I mean, I, again, we said last week, uh, Dylan and I, I believe, like, it's hard to think of a comp for a player who is that good and that young being moved uh, at that point in their career. Like the closest is maybe Mookie Betts who was older and for less time. Oh, you know who would be a good, com- uh, a good comparison is um, uh, the Marlins trading Miguel Cabrera after winning the world series to the Tigers, giving up that package with uh, Dontrell Willis. And um, there was another, there was another all-star all-star player in that package. Uh, Miggy was just a couple of years into his young career, and like I, I did, I don't think. Don't so, think, so Miggy, Miggy was was twenty four, and one Soto. I don't like two, three. Soto's twenty three. Yeah, but I think I think Cabrera had less time left on his like less service time available. Yeah, like the, Soto- the Tigers turned around and immediately signed him to like the super ten year contract. Yeah, so I think Soto is going to be um is going to have uh basically he'll be available for three postseasons and Cabrera was traded in the offseason. Um by the way, yes, it was it was Cabrera and Dontrell Willis for um a, a bunch of guys but mainly Cameron Mabin Andrew Miller are the two. Uh, Cameron sort of Mabin and names. Andrew Miller were the, were the two highlight pieces of that pack. Yeah, Burke Badenhoff, Frankie De La Cruz, Mike Rabello, Dallas Trehart, who never made it to the majors, but like yeah, the, the Cameron Mabin and, and Andrew Miller are the two who you a know plus, stuck around for the next twenty years. Baseball name Burke Badenhop. Burke Badenhop, yeah. Um, there's somebody else with a name similar to that that I just like. I can't remember now. Uh, maybe it is Burke Badenhop that I'm thinking of because he spent a, a couple of years in the NL Central that I probably saw him and I was like, oh, Burke it's, it's it's no Lars Newtbar, but you know what are you gonna do? <laughs> it's no Lars Newtbar, no. Um, yeah, so I, I guess. You know, I, I part part of me hopes that uh, that he's not gone by next week because I think we could get a, a, a decent segment out of uh, conceptual um, trades, conceptual Juan Soto trades. Because I think there's still let's play the package game. Fire up. The, there's, uh... there's there's 
Yeah, I think next next Sunday will be the 31st and the 2nd of August is the um the actual deadline. So um so we 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 might uh, we might try to take an opportunity to play the package game <laughs> on the podcast. And, um and, you know, and to the to the Nationals credit, they they're never going to get more value for Juan Soto than if they trade him now. Right, because they get two and a half years of team. Uh, the, the receiving team gets two and a half years of team control for a for a potential MVP winner uh, in his prime. Obviously, he's having a little bit of a down season, but when you're the only offensive firepower on the Nationals, you don't have a lot of protection around you. Yeah, and and a bit of a down season is you know is not that bad <laughs> for one. No, not, not at all. Not at all. He's, he's still he's still a really very very good. I mean, just won the home run derby, which we'll talk about in a moment here. I, I mean, I mean, he's um, having a down season for Juan Soto. For Juan Soto, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And and it's one of those things where, like, you know, I mean, first of all, the all of baseball is having a down season, so like, his OPS plus is still one fifty seven, <laughs> you know, um, even with an eight eighty seven OPS. But like, he's he's having he's still he's still having a a strong strong enough season and yeah i can i can also get like look we're not winning baseball games so what would be the point in in overexerting myself um for for a team that doesn't you know care enough to to win baseball games yeah um yeah, so yeah, secure him flight. I, I did want to mention that of of Juan Soto had to had to pay his own way. You know, Scott Boris probably paid the ticket, but like had to pay his own way to get to the All Star game. He flew domestic, like or he flew uh, economy, I think, to to L A. From not because, flying economy. Let's be real now. He, uh, he's, he's getting he's getting the big the big leg room seats on the plane. Uh, economy plus you're right economy plus by, by the um, way Scott Boris if you're listening um you know who did you know who did charter a flight for an all-star an all-star player uh was a team out in the AL West you know, Paul Blackburn was able to jump on the plane and fly out you know we take care of our guys and we could use an outfielder so just keep that in mind uh yeah yeah I mean I mean sure so okay Fine, uh, back in back in reality um <laughs> we could just we could do this quickly. Is uh, where where do you think a good potential landing spot is for Juan Soto? So I mean, you know, a lot of a lot of word is is saying you know Dodgers are pushing, Yankees are pushing, Padres, Cardinals. Um, Heard Braves I, a bit. I think yeah. I, I gosh, I, I I wish I had the tweet from from whoever said. Um, like the seven teams that are that are pushing for it right now. Uh, here we go. Yeah, uh, it was um, um. Oh, here we go. Bob Nightingale had one, which Bob Nightingale. But he said uh, Nats have begin fielding preliminary offers for Juan Soto. Seven teams already weighing in, including three in the NL West: Padres, Giants, Dodgers, and then Mariners, Cardinals, Yankees, Mets. Um, you know, I I will will will. I, I don't know. Um, uh, you know, obviously, as a Cardinals fan, I think it will be awesome if Juan Soto came to the Cardinals. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of Twitter chatter has been about that. Like uh, there was a there was a John Morosi and a John Heyman tweet about it today. Um, I certainly think it's possible. Um, you know, who knows for sure? Uh, I think, you know, the Dodgers always are, are trying to do that kind of thing. I, I don't They're know. Ever- yeah, I don't know who has the specific juice to do it. Um, I, I like I don't know what all these teams, you know, minor league systems look like. I feel like yeah. the Padres have made sort of big trade moves already, but they, you know, they were pushing for Scherzer last year and they didn't get him, so they probably got whatever they were gonna send for Scherzer that like that the Nationals already liked, right? Like sure. that that's not necessarily a bad you know, option, the Dodgers, again, like the Dodgers did trade for Scherzer and Turner last year. So what do, what juice do they have left? I don't know. Um, Yankees are an interesting team um, because it kind of, it kind of casts into doubt. So what are they going to do with Aaron judge with him coming in? Right. And I mean, that's a big thing, right? Like judge is going to be commanding a big payday this off season and he's 30. Whereas if you, you know, even if you don't re-sign Soto right away, when he is, 
in time to get re-signed. He's 25-26, which is a much, much easier proposition to to give a big contract to than a dude who is, you know, who you're now signing through age 40 or whatever. Uh, and, and Soto doesn't pitch, which is obviously the biggest glaring need that the Yankees have. Well, sure, yeah. Um, other than yeah. other than you know getting rid of Joey Gallo. Well, and I mean you know if you have Juan Soto, it's easier to get rid of Joey Gallo because you don't need a fourth outfielder anymore because Juan Soto is now your first outfielder, and I don't know who their center fielder is, but I mean it's also that also makes the team the, the outfield is is uh, Stanton. Oh, Stanton's a DH, I guess. But... He, well, yeah, he can rotate. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, that obvi- if if the Yankees push hard, that signals to me that Aaron Judge is probably going to leave. Yeah. Um, God, that Matt Carpenter play right field today. Wow. I like the, How- the legend of Matt Carpenter. He's had a pretty outstanding month. He sure has. He's, he's listen. I, it's just it's just him playing right field that I'm more concerned about than anything else. Him hitting is fine. He has he has like the highest OPS uh, ba- uh, disregarding plate appearances in baseball. Yeah, it's it's truly astounding. It's, it's I love Matt Carpenter. I'm glad he's having success in New York. Very frustrating <laughs> that he couldn't do that in St. Louis. But and, uh, and he's, but and, I he's get uh, it. and he's got that fantastic 1980s killer mustache. Yeah. A killer mustache. Talk about um, uh, the other thing you put in here was, does it make his destination team the team to beat? I think probably. Like, I can't imagine, a, you know, any team that has the juice to trade for him and is in a position to want to trade for him. Yeah, like, you know, they, they're already a playoff team. Adding one of the best, you know, maybe a top five player in baseball does kind of make you a team to beat. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, especially if it's like, again, say it's the Cardinals. They have Paul Goldschmidt, who is already one of an an MVP contender. Nolan Arenado, who's doing very, very well. Um, And uh, real quick. Both those guys unvaccinated came out today. They're not going to be playing in Toronto. I don't, there's nothing I, I can say about that that we didn't already say in the last couple weeks' episodes. Go back and listen to last week's episode. I talked to Dylan about the same thing happening with the Royals. Um, it's at, at a certain point, whether or not you agree with getting vaccinated, the, the you know, whatever, uh, you're, 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 it's, it's, you're, you're, hurting your teammates. You're not putting your team first. You're putting yourself first. And that's the problem. Um, especially, especially when you're having, you know, BS excuses, like Arnado said, he's trying to start a family and, and he's, that's why that's his hesitation. It's like, well, we, we know pretty well that the, that no COVID vaccine causes that issue. So what are you talking about? You know? So, so again, I, 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 I don't want to like, I would be remiss if I didn't like call out my own favorite team about the same thing that I've been calling out other people's teams about it is it's total bs i think i think both goldschmidt and arenado are putting themselves first before the team and uh and if the you know if the cardinals finish a game or two like if they lose these two games in toronto and finish a game or two back of the division i hope they get reamed out for it by their teammates because it's you know when when you lose your two best hitters for for a two game set in toronto because they put themselves ahead of the team that's their that's their fault. Look, even Nime <laughs> like, is capable of being critical of the Cardinals. <laughs> saying something. But Juan Soto's vaccinated, right? So uh, anyway, <laughs> let's get him on the team. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I do like I, I think, you know, especially the names that are on there. The Giants are a bit of a surprise because they are a few games back of a wild card spot you know, they're okay. Like, like they had a really, really good season last year, but like nobody really expected them to do that last year. Nobody really expected them to repeat this year. Like everything broke right for them last year. Yeah, that was a, um, it was a, you know, they had a do no wrong season last year. Yeah. But I mean, adding Juan Soto to it, to a team that's a couple of games back suddenly makes them a team that's, you know, very reasonable as a contender. Absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I we'll just have to see. I think uh, I think there's a low chance that Juan Soto is on the Nationals by you know in two weeks. Um, 
I think uh, w- one thing, again, somebody, uh, a friend of mine suggested that maybe his, the asking price is too high and he doesn't get moved till the offseason. I personally think that it's more likely if he doesn't get moved this trade deadline that they hold him until next trade deadline because I think teams are willing to pay more at the trade deadline than they are in the, in the, the offseason. Off Which, and, and the, you know, the, the surge of talk about trading Juan Soto, especially now, is kind of surprising to me um, when... You have, and I'm sorry, Angels fans, I know I've been giving you uh, the business today, but moving someone like Shohei Otani, who is at the end of his deal now, makes a lot more sense as a rental than giving up the entire farm for a Juan Soto. Yeah, I, 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 sure, maybe... Right. Well, and now, and, and, and my reasoning in this is because, yes, he, well, because number one, he's a great hitter, and number two, he slots instantly into your rotation. So you're you're right. basically getting a two-for-one deal. Yeah, for sure. I think I think it's it's potentially tougher to get that trade done. Um, we're like where it, it it seems very clear. Like Juan Soto has already rejected massive extensions from the Nationals, but I think Shohei Otani, despite the lack of success in in Anaheim, is happy being on the Angels. Yeah, but I don't think and, those two things are mutually exclusive, though. Right, I just I just think Shohei Otani is a lot more likely to extend with the Angels, and the Angels are are, are would be happy to keep him. Oh uh, yeah, um, well, then... well, but look but look at it look at it like this: the the Angels can move a Shohei Otani, grab uh grab prospects to bolster the farm system, and then he turns around and resigns with the team anyway. So he does the team a favor by going and playing for a contender for a couple of months. Right, the I, I think of, of the minor leagues, and then coming back anyway. I think if they trade him, he's less likely to want to resign. I with mean, them. that's that's ultimately a possibility as well, right? And like, and, and and you know, like, I'm not like an expert on Japanese culture, but like, it seems like a dishonorable. You know, we Japanese, as far as I'm aware, Japanese culture is very much about doing the honorable thing. It feels like a dishonorable thing to do. Um, whereas the honorable thing is, if they keep you, if they if they invest in you, then you stick around Stay. with them. Yeah, and. I, I like like and and you know it, it, you go back to like Ichiro right and, and and again talk about like the Japanese honorable thing is like he got himself traded to the Yankees because it was the best thing for the Mariners <laughs> like that's that was part of his thing is like look I'm not helping the Mariners win a ba- win baseball games so trade me away maybe I'll help a different team win baseball games in a different way and it also helps the Mariners like he otherwise I think he would have been a lifelong Mariner and he went back to the Mariners at the end of his deal to be like this is the team that that invested so much in me and I want to help them out so I think I think Shohei you know of all people is is most likely to, to be a lifelong angel unless the angels decide to, to fully sell and and give up on on winning ball games which I don't think they they have they just no, no. struggle yeah, <laughs> they just I, they just can't they just can't be successful at it I, but I don't I, think they're that's on purpose you, you know he, play, like, he, like play, with other he teams. plays on a divisional rival but I but I, but I share the same sentiment with the rest of the baseball world where I want to see Shohei Otani play meaningful October baseball. I would love yeah. to see that. I think he's the kind of guy that would rise to the occasion, and he's an exciting baseball player to watch. And I want to see him play for a team that's going to be there. And I, it's not a knock on on the Angels; they're just not they're just not there. One uh, one last, uh, uh, I guess, twist the knife to the Angels. Um, friend of the show, Dan Zamborski, uh, had a tweet uh, the other day uh, saying, uh, I really want to see Juan Soto go to the Angels because I want to see if they can manage to get 20 war out of Trout, Soto, and Otani and still manage to finish the season 79 and 83, which is just... That's more brutal it's just than anything painful. I'm gonna say. That's, that's... <laughs> it's just painful. I mean, we all want to see. We all want to see Trout and Otani succeed, <sighs> but Angels. it's just it just ain't happening. Um, let's move on to another uh, uh, AL West person uh, and another Juan Soto thing. Juan Soto won the home run derby, but in our hearts, I think Julio Rodriguez won. Um, it was it, it like. As we were talking about, Man. we were talking about this before we started recording, and I and I said that it was very reminiscent of the, uh, I believe it was it was either two thousand. Oh wait, it was two thousand eight. Thank you. 
the 08 home run derby uh josh the great hambino hamilton just put on that fantastic show and uh obviously different circumstances and hamilton went on to to be whatever he was but uh yeah julio Rodriguez, well, I mean, hamilton, hamilton had had a nice career well, I'm, I'm talking more about that. at the at the end of it you know the, the stuff at the end of his career Sure, sure, sure. But like, but like, I mean, that was that was. I mean, similarly, right? Like Hamilton, I think wasn't a rookie because uh, like he had like a year with the Reds before that, and then obviously, you know, the 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 many years in between that. Hamilton's forty one now. That's shocking. Um, (laughs) He just seemed like a dude who was like a million years old because of how late he got his start. Exactly. Um, But uh, but yeah, because of a lot of the other things, like but hey, that was Hamilton coming out and being like, look, I'm a star. And it's the same thing here. It's Julio Rodriguez as a, you know, 21 year old rookie coming out and saying, look, I am a star. Right. Like definitely pay attention to me. Definitely put a stamp on the game. Yeah. Like 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 that was, you know, like of like home run derby is kind of cheesy a lot of the time and that's whatever. But like this was a this was a I mean, first of all, it was two young stars of the game, you know, future stars of the game. I mean, Soto's already a star of the game, but like, you know, Julio Rodriguez had like an okay start to the season, you know, managed to make it to the all-star game, which is great. And then just like put on a show at the home run derby and like, yeah, it's like, look, I am a star in baseball. Keep your eye on me. I'm going to be around for a while. And, you know, my neighbors, and it was are, also... my neighbors are not going to like this, but he is the presumptive American League Rookie of the Year. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't think I, I, I think the, that gap is definitely starting to widen now. Yeah. Well, yeah, especially I mean, especially after like some of the other, you know, potential people had rough seasons, you know, uh, Spencer Torkelson, I think, just got sent back down to to triple a like and and you know like I, i'm not worried about spencer torkelson you know like he had a bad start to his career but like so did mike trout you know like it'll it'll happen that but uh but yeah i think uh, i think julio rodriguez is is the, you know, Adley, the presumptive the, Adley, ALM, the flying rushman got kind of a late start uh right um uh, 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 julio rodriguez by the way who is who is half the age of Albert Pujols, who also committed, uh, competed in the Home Run Derby. Uh, Albert Pujols made his Major League debut something like uh, less than 100 days, like 94 or 96 days after Julio Rodriguez was born. Well, I, was, uh, I, I, I was secretly rooting for Albert Pujols. I wanted to see a Pujols-Julio uh, Rodriguez showdown. It would have been incredible. And Julio Rodriguez also wanted to see a Pujols Rodriguez showdown. Like, he's like, like, they asked him in the, you know, in the interview, they're like, who, if you make it to the finals, who would you like to face? And he's like, I grew up watching Albert Pujols. Like, yeah, of course you did. <laughs> like, Albert Pujols has been, been playing baseball literally your entire life. You know, just so long <laughs> so, as Albert Pujols doesn't break a hip in the middle of the, of the, the home run derby, then yeah, absolutely. Well, and like, what a moment when, like, when... Uh, you know, um, uh, when Kyle Schwarber had like a very like not good first round and it went into a swing off, like everyone, you know, like Pujols finished his his uh, his round. Everyone mobbed the plate like this is great. You know, what a historical historic moment. Like, it's great to have Albert Pujols here. We all literally everybody else watched him, like grew up watching him play baseball because he's been around for 20 years. Um, and then. Schwarber did not like Schwarber tied with him and they had to go to a swing off and Pujols won and went to a second round. It was truly astounding. It, he actually and he showed up in the swing off too, which was great. Yeah. You know, he wasn't getting his bonus yeah. time for, you know, for distance, but it, it was, uh, I spent a, a, a majority of my early fandom, uh, n- really not liking Albert Pujols, but the, the more I got to know him as a person, you know, historic career like i have a lot of uh admiration for albert pujols so it was it was pretty awesome the uh the uh the joke the obvious joke going around twitter was albert pujols should have had brad lidge throwing him uh, the, the pitches <laughs> yeah, i i uh i also made that joke while watching the all-star game or watching yeah. under me with i mean everybody 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 made the joke it's a good joke she, she did not think so she did not think it was a good joke um <laughs> You know, you know, what was, though, was, uh, you know, Pete Alonso, you know, uh, the defending home run derby champion. I think if he had spent more time uh, in that underground gym listening to Led Zeppelin's Immigrant Song, may have had a better round. You know, if only there was a cancer survivor out there for Pete Alonso to, to oh, beat in a submission. Ooh, I think, uh, you're getting dark <laughs> this week. 
<laughs> it's just the, that was the the tweet from uh, from last year was uh you know like uh pete alonzo while watching an all-time inspirational story for cancer survivors everywhere play out before his eyes goes it's pete alonzo time <laughs> like, i mean that's not and it's not a knock on on, on uh the polar bear no pete alonzo was out there to win like it's not you know, it's not his job to to lose to trey mancini on purpose no. like he 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 went out and he and he hit home runs and trey mancini and he, I'm sure was happy with second place and he was happy to not like be given a victory. You know, that's not like, it's fine. Right. But it was, it was just so funny watching this like all time cancer story. And then Pete Alonzo shows up as like, like just like bopping. <laughs> like I'm a mash home. I'm mash dingers. I'm a mash dingers. Uh, <laughs> one, one, one quick note about the, about the home run derby before we move on. Um, was a, a interesting article I ran across that Julio Rodriguez made more money playing in the home run derby than his rookie contract salary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven fifty thousand for the home run derby, seven hundred thousand for his rookie contract salary. I mean, it's rookie contracts. Like seven hundred thousand dollars is still a lot of money. <laughs> like <laughs> It's, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, 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 I just think uh, it's, abs- I, I laughed at the absurdity of it. it. It is a little absurd, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, real quick, I just want to mention there were record low ratings for the All-Star game this year. Um, I don't know, like, honestly, who cares about the All-Star game, right? Like, it's fun. You know, we're, we're big baseball fans. Obviously, we do a baseball podcast, like... That's- I watched the All-Star game, I, but like I watched a couple innings of it. Um I I mean I'm a I'm a I'm a huge baseball fan and I did have representation from my team there. They I when Kyle Tucker got put in and when uh Framber Valdez pitched, I watched them. Other than that, uh I just I, I this sucks to say, but I I just I couldn't be bothered. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, that's just the way it is. Like, mo- like the All Star Game just has gotten less and less interesting. I mean, across all sports, right? Like, the Pro Bowl is not interesting. No, the 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 NBA All Star Game, like people do still watch, but like the they don't watch really right anything around it. Like, the dunk competition sucks. Um, it, NH, NHL has been like messing with their formula for years to be like, does this work? Does this well, work? Well, like, the, the skills test is kind of interesting. You know, if there were components of that. Yeah. Uh, incorporated into the baseball all-star game, you know, defensive challenges or pitching, you know, like something to kind of mix it up, you know, and make it interesting. But I mean, right. There are 162 regular season games every year. And I, I personally watch at least a hundred to 120 baseball games every year. Um, Vacations or work or, you know, life stuff coming up, notwithstanding. That's a that's a lot of baseball, and the yeah. All Star Game is just—I'll just say it—it's boring. It's boring, and it's not honestly like like my my favorite part of All Star Week is always the celebrity softball game. Like it's just silly. <laughs> it's fun. MVP JoJo Siwa. Yeah, JoJo Siwa is great. Um, uh, uh, Brian Cranston got ejected for screaming at an ump about a about a missed strike call. Uh, Hunter, Hunter like, Pence uh, ripping off his Dodgers jersey to show a giant shirt on underneath. Uh, yeah, it's just awesome. fun. Like it's it's like like the Miz, I think is his name, the the wrestler. Like is there, and it's like everyone is just doing his shtick. Everyone's doing like wrestling kayfabe. It's great. It's yeah, great. It's, the, the, it's, the, it's the, just it's just fun. So the, you know, like the for me, that's the most. Like, and, and I really wish, like, because because I think. Uh, you know, Jenny Finch is like well past her prime and as far as playing softball. Um because she's not past like, her prime you know, anywhere else. Just, we'll just well, say yeah, that. yeah. But like but like sometimes when uh, when like a, a former major leaguer comes up and she is at the at the mound, like she'll throw like a proper softball pitch against them. Oh, yeah, and also oh, the other thing was was um was Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny was one of the players um and he like seeded his first two at bats to Vlad Guerrero Jr. and David Ortiz, which is like that's sick. That's great. Like and and he also presented the uh the home run derby trophy and it's like okay, you know, I think this dude just likes baseball because like or he, either that or he knows like he just knows how to please a crowd <laughs> because that's, but that's <laughs> either way that's the kind of stuff that fun. makes it interesting though and yeah. uh you know i watch the home run derby because who doesn't like watching you know home runs get hit it's fun but you know the game itself is just kind of meh but um an interesting note for for me at least is uh Fromber valdez was the first astro in franchise history 
to record or he's the, yeah so he's the first astro to record uh an all-star game win uh had a one two three inning uh three ground balls on eight pitches yeah, good for Fromber Valdez. Yeah, I mean there, there were there were moments and and you know you can you can go catch recaps and whatever like Paul Goldschmidt had a big home run, Albert Pujols didn't really do anything, and and Ryan Helsley. The big thing because 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 uh, a lot of my friends again Ryan Helsley came out and was like throwing 103 mile an hour gas, and people were like, does he do this all year? And it's like, yeah, dude, it's great. You got Ryan Helsley because he's you know he's the closer now for the Cardinals, and uh, and Jordan Hicks with was like 105 miles an hour who was like starting at some point yeah. bullpen at some point. I, you know I don't know what the Cardinals are doing with Jordan Hicks right now, but like. You know, uh, if you're just getting like 105 mile an hour gas thrown at you by two dudes in a row, like it's nuts. It's fun. Uh, the, the, it's great. The, it's great. Uh, the mic'd up interaction between uh, Nestor Cortez and um, and uh, Trevino, Jose Trevino, yeah, and Jose Trevino. Yeah. Nestor and his funky wind up was that was kind of cool. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And Alec Manoa also on the mound. Like, like it's funny because 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 my first thought was like, it seems like miking up a pitcher while they're actively pitching is a terrible idea. And then Alec Manoa was great. Like he was just like he was killing it with with, with the mic. And I was like, all right, well maybe maybe I'll I'll put egg on my face on that one. Like maybe maybe Manoa is just like an exception to the rule because I feel like most pitchers yeah, are like. I don't think you want to mic be... up guys like uh, Madison Baumgartner or Max Scherzer. Well, well, and, and especially like you know Alec Manoa at the All Star game, right? I feel like Alec Manoa in a regular season game would be like, do not mic me up. But at the All Star game, I was like, well, who cares? Yeah, Let's just have fun. fun. At some point, like David Ortiz, like grabbed a mic and like hung out in the AL dugout, and like he goes to Manoa, he's like, you know, you were mic'd up. You're talking about what you th- what pitches you're throwing. What would you throw to me? And Manoa's like, you know, I'd probably go high and tight inside, and blah blah blah. And Ortiz just takes the mic back and goes, I hit a dinger off you, and just runs away. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking you deep, and then dips. It's so funny. It was so good. So like that's that's the fun stuff. That's like okay, like I actually did really enjoy that stuff. Such a big pop um, the do. actual baseball game was like, all right, it's fine. It's a baseball yeah. game. The the, the, the the pomp and circumstance around it is way more interesting than the actual game itself. Yeah. Um. There was. Uh, there's not a lot to say about this. I'm just. I just want to mention the headline that Rob Manfred. Somebody asked him about. Um, minor leaguers the you know minor leaguers not being paid a living wage and rob manford said he rejected the premise of the question uh, which is just like i don't know what can be said about that there's no there's no there's like even hourly they don't get paid a living wage uh let alone you know for the like they get like what like 10 grand a year or whatever like it's it's truly the minor leaguers are 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 it yeah, their treatment is embarrassing. It's embarrassing as a baseball fan. Yeah. Um, the only the only thing really that we have in the rundown about this is the Onion headline that came out a couple days later, which is Rob Manfred extends Olive Branch to minor leaguers by letting them run bases at MLB Stadium after game. What else is there to be said? That pretty much. Yeah. Uh, we also uh, want to mention Adam Duvall had season-ending wrist surgery, which I mean just sucks for for Duvall, who was like. Having a good season, you know the 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 Braves kind of need stuff to break for them and uh, not wrists, you know. Yeah, it was a sprain, but yeah, joke. Point taken. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. Like, just just a rough. I mean, you know, um, I might track an injury this week too, right? Uh, yeah. Was a is an injury of the rib cage where it connects to the spine, kind of by his shoulder. Uh, I think the report was is that that he had gotten a cortisone injection because it's in a it's, it's in a really weird spot to treat. Um. So they're just they're kind of yeah. they're kind of taking it day by day with him. Um, Julio Rodriguez, who we who we talked a bit quite a bit about, uh, is day to day with left wrist soreness, uh, which he which he uh, got you know slow, stolen base attempt which was actually before the all-star game. Um, and he said he felt soreness participating in the home run derby. So I think he'll probably be fine. The fact that he, you know, mashed so many dongs in the home run derby, even while feeling the soreness feels like, okay, he's just taking it easy a little bit before coming back. Um, you know, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, injuries around baseball, Steven Matz, I think had an MCL injury t- today. And it's like, Probably out for the season. It's like, all right, well, he's pitched like four games, whatever. Who cares? Yeah, we're, we're getting into that um, stretch of the season where guys are starting to break down a little bit. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then, like, you know, By Byron Buxton mixed, missed a few games getting injections as well in his knees, which is like, I get it. You, you like, you, you know, that's a dude who you need to be caring for in bubble wrap to make sure he doesn't miss even more of a season. Uh, uh, Jordan so. Alvarez is dealing with, a, dealing with his hand soreness uh, that he was dealing with before the All-Star game, uh, missed a game today, although he did uh, hit, a, hit a nuclear bomb yesterday, so I think he'll be okay. They're just going to... Are going to have to proceed lightly with uh, with Jordan. Yeah. Um. Cool. I think that's all for the news. Uh. The 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 week's news. Uh. We do want to quickly talk about some of the Hall of Fame's Hall of Famers that got inducted. Uh. This week to the Hall of Fame. Um. First up, we we already talked about him. Uh. Because he is simply the best, David Ortiz. Uh, was uh, he's the first primarily DH inducted to the Hall of Fame. Uh, he's great. He's great. Who doesn't love David Ortiz? Big Poppy. Like even I think even Yankees fans I know love David Ortiz now that he's no longer playing baseball. It, you know, can't, can't <laughs> like, hurt them anymore. Now that he can't hurt them anymore. I was uh, I was saying the other day, like, it would be really fun to just have, like, and, and I don't know, like, off the top of my head who the who the guys would be, but, like, David Ortiz, maybe A-Rod. A-Rod's a fun person. Like, he's not a great broadcaster, no. but a fun, like, TV personality. You know, like, I don't necessarily want him calling games, but, like, I think on, like, a Baseball Tonight type show yeah, or like what I'm pitching. Like a segment, yeah, Alex Rodriguez is fine. Exactly. And what I'm pitching is an Inside the NBA type show with Ortiz... A-Rod, I don't know who the third guy would be, and then, like, you know, like a more reportery guy. I, I, wanna, who's I want just a there, baseball like, around the, the horn with, uh, with, with Big Poppy and A-Rod. And then... Uh, it just, it's just... Yeah. Them, yeah. Just, just those two arguing with each other for 30 minutes would be fantastic. It's great. It's great. It's great. It, it, yeah. So uh, so congratulations to, to uh, Big Poppy. Uh, also, Tony Oliva, who was a, primarily a DH in the, in the, at the end of his career. Uh, the only reason he wasn't the one near the beginning of his career is because there was no DH. <laughs> it's kind of hard to go in as a um, DH when there is no DH. When there is no DH, yeah, he uh, from as soon as there was a DH, he only DH'd. Before that, he played right field. But uh, yeah, it's just like it's it's so funny looking at his like he literally did not play the field again after the DH was introduced he, to he the found, American he, League. He, he found what worked for him. He found what worked for him. Yeah, um, uh, I think everybody besides Ortiz was a. Um, Veterans committee person, right, or or like a legacy selection? Yes, I think these are these um, are m majorly legacy selections. Yeah, it was just Ortiz that went in on Millie Minoso, Mini Minoso, um, a first Black Latino player in either league. Uh, this dude should have been in the Hall of Fame twenty years ago. <laughs> you know, like it, it's it's honestly like kind of appalling that it took a veterans committee selection to put him in the Hall of Fame. Now, like he he kind of had a Hall of Fame worthy career even outside of his non-baseball achievements. But, you know, he's in there now, and that's what's important. Um, Buck O'Neill, again, it's a, it's a name you know. Jim Cott, uh, pitcher and broadcaster, only player to fitch, f face both Ted Williams and Julio Franco. Uh, so that's, I mean, that's, you know, what a what a uh, spread. Uh, Ted Williams started in like 1940 something like, or 30 it's something. It's like five, five decades of baseball players between between those two. Uh, Ted Williams retiring in 1960 and Julio Franco retiring in 2007. It's that because if you if you go to the start of Williams' career, it's 39, right? So like you can you can bridge the gap from 1939 to 2007 with just three guys. Yeah, that's crazy. Astounding. Truly astounding. <laughs> Um, Brooklyn Dodgers great Gil Hodges uh, 19th century pioneer Bud Fowler considered to be the first black player in professional baseball uh, yeah just a lot of I mean you know a lot of guys who either should have been in a long time ago and weren't or David Ortiz who you know is David Ortiz expected to be a Hall of Famer and now he's a Hall of Famer now he is yeah yeah um. Yeah. That, that's the the Hall of Fame induction. Is, is really anything to say about it? We talked about the voting. I think when it happened. So really, not a lot to to over discuss. I think all these guys deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, and they're in the Hall. It's not like was like like two years ago or three years ago when um uh Harold Baines got selected, and it was like, what are we talking? What are we doing here at this point? 
Yeah, nothing, nothing super controversial here. When Harold Baines got put in the Hall of Fame, I, I legitimately was like, I think I, I, like, for a couple of years, I questioned the legitimacy of the Hall of Fame. And I, I mean, you, you know, still kind of do. There's the steroid stuff. There's a bunch of stuff to in that. Harold but, Baines can get into the Hall of Fame, then Lou Whitaker deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Right? Yeah, exactly. Actually, honestly, I think it was you and me talking about the Hall of Fame voting when that happened. So, oh, so there's really, quite truly fun. nothing new to be added at this point. Oh, we can talk about Mortal Kombat if you want. Let's talk about Mortal Kombat. All right, so um, I tried with Sub-Zero. I want, no, we're not going to talk about Mortal Kombat. I actually, you know, I have been playing uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales, which I hadn't gotten around to yet. Great game. Great game. Yeah. uh, Unfortunately, don't have a PlayStation, so have not got the chance to play that yet. Uh, You know, they are hitting PC later this year. So. Uh, Yeah, I'm a Mac guy. That's unfortunate. All right, well, I don't know what to tell you. If you get a PC that can play a video game, you can put your Xbox controller directly onto the PC. I'm, yeah. Boot camp it. You can just boot camp it. Um, oh, I mean, they are technically, I think they're hitting Steam and Epic Games, so I don't know if they're going to be PC exclusive or PC and Mac, but um, anyway. <laughs> uh, it's a good game. Video game chat with Phil and I. <laughs> I don't even play that many video games. Literally, all I've played in the last like six months is uh, MLB The Show, Rocket League, and now Miles Morales, which I started playing yesterday. Mine has been uh, MLB The Show, Destiny Two, and a uh, coworker of mine got me playing Diablo Immortal. Which stay away from it. <laughs> Will do. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, I think uh, I think that's gonna do it for this episode of our Baseball Weekly. Yeah, this was a fun Thank one. you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for joining Phil. Thank you for having me. It's always uh, always fun. It is always a pleasure. Um, if you uh, hate listening to, to my voice, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> right now, the uh, the team, we're... we're <laughs> I just I've I've been I've been hosting the last like six or seven episodes, which is like you're you know, like the when... Seattle Mariners of uh, our baseball weekly podcast hosts. You're just on that street. <laughs> um, uh, I, I I like doing it, but very often it's just like, is anybody available? No. Well, I am, so I guess I'm on this week again. Um, but uh, yeah, we 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 are we kind of have have been going through a bit of a transitionary period, um, and uh, and so it's been a lot of me and Dylan, uh, and uh, and in between Phil a couple of times. So yeah, it's it's been uh, I've I've been uh, either traveling or or had something going on. So thanks thanks Dylan for filling in the spots too. Yeah 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 again like basically every week it's been who's available, Dylan, Nime. All right, guess it's Dylan and I'm this week again. <laughs> like, and and I, you know, I am somebody who like I I care so much about podcasting that when I travel, I bring my my travel setup with me, which is I would you know not to not to poo poo anybody else's setup, but my travel setup I think is is the second best setup of the podcast behind my home setup. Yeah, um, it's so good in fact that you can record it in the back seat of a cab. Uh, not in the back seat of a cab, in the in the front seat of my own car. Yeah, while driving. I wasn't driving. <laughs> I, was, I was outside of Fourth of July barbecue. <laughs> I was like, they were like, you know, we can we can set you up in like in like a, an office, and I was like, it's fine. I'll just do it from the car. Uh, nine, nine was shooting <laughs> off fireworks while recording the podcast. <laughs> I just like I travel. I travel with a with a you know with a Shure SM58 and a, a, a USB interface because I want to make sure I'm prepared to podcast at any point in time. Always have podcast. So, will travel. Um, yeah. Um, but we are we are looking to add more people to the show. Um, I I. <laughs> If you are, if you're interested and and you have, you know, you have podcasting experience potentially, uh, DM Lewis, DM Cardiff underscore Lorda. Um, I, he had, he didn't tell me to say this, but uh, I don't think it can hurt. So, uh, if you if you if you think you if you think you have a good voice for podcasting, you've done some stuff before. We are looking to potentially add some people with good baseball knowledge. You don't have any podcasting experience, but, you know, you're kind of funny in a in a really segmented, you know, specific population kind of way. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, listen, you know, there might be like a like a mini audition type process. I don't know. We we haven't like really discussed anything super super hard. Um, but uh, but we are looking to try to get more people on the show. I know for sure. So, so do that. Um, uh, uh and uh, and Lewis, if uh, if you don't want that to be in. I will have already told you, and you will have already asked me to cut it out. So and then this, will, uh, and then this is this is irrelevant. So, <laughs> except if you didn't ask me to cut it out, this part stays in, um, and it becomes hyper relevant. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that'll do it for this week's episode of Our Baseball Weekly. Thanks so much for joining us. Our Baseball Week is executive produced by Lewis. Our production administrator is Christine. Uh, I'm Nye. I edited this week's episode. I also hosted this week's episode along with Phil. Uh, our, our theme music was composed by Chuck Lease. Our Baseball Weekly releases every Monday morning at 1 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, that is 10 p.m. Pacific Time on Sunday night. Uh, so that's when you can listen to it and, uh, we will talk to you next week. Hopefully, hopefully next week, we hope to bring you, uh, a segment full of Juan Soto trades, uh, or barring that an actual Juan Soto trade. <laughs> One of the two things I hope will happen. We're going to so. fire up the trade simulator and the, and the, the, the prospect grades, and we're just going to have it out. To me, there's nothing more fun than just a silly trade sim. I know Dylan really wants to do that, so I'm hoping we get it done. So uh, hopefully hopefully we'll give you that next week. If we don't, then we're probably going to give you an actual real-life Juan Soto trade, and that may even be better. We're going to trade Juan Soto live on the podcast. (laughs) Um, uh, That's it. See you next week. Bye. Bye.